Thanks for listening to the Highlands Highfields Message Podcast. Whether you're new to Highlands and are listening for the first time or you want to hear a past message again, welcome. Our heart at Highlands is to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus so you can have a life full of purpose as you grow in your faith and lead others to Jesus. We hope you enjoy and are inspired by the latest message from one of our communicators. Last week we kicked off this new series called Unfinished and I gave a bit of a paradox. I talked about the finished work of Jesus. We went back to the cross and the crucifixion and the resurrection and the power of that moment, the power of the first 33 years of Jesus' life on earth and then what happened at the cross. And then I talked about the, from the finished work, then we went to the unfinished work and we said this series is about the book of Acts. We're going to unpack the book of Acts and we're going to talk about the unfinished work of the disciples and the apostles and what we're called to do. And so last week I started with that whole idea that we were, we were asked and we were called to be God's witnesses. We're, we're called with our lives to witness to the life, death and resurrection of Jesus. And that's where we started. And this week we're going to go into a, a, another area and I want to start by asking a question that's asked of others and I w- wonder if you're in this situation how you would respond. I remember hearing a, an interview once to a, it was an AFL player, um, sorry for those NRL, but it was asked to an AFL player who just won the, the ultimate individual prize in, in AFL football, which is the Brownlow medal, so the, the, the Dally M medal of, of the AFL. And, they, and he was asked, he was, he'd won the Brownlow, but he was about to play in the grand final that week. And he was asked, what's, what's better for you, winning, winning this ultimate individual prize to be the best and fairest player or, or to go on next week and to win, win the grand final. And, and without hesitation, he said, without a doubt, I would give this medal up to win the premiership. The individual accolade would be pushed aside. And, and the, the interviewer said, why? He said, because I can, I can achieve things individually, but when you achieve something together, there is something so more powerful. When, when we achieve a goal together, when we do something together, when we allow something in our lives to happen where we are joined together and agreed together and united and we achieve something, we do something, we, we come in community, it is so much more powerful. And I don't know about you, but I know that's the same for me. I, 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 you know, you might be, um, Kaz has said this, not me, because you know that when you go to um, theme parks, I'm not the roller coaster guy. I'm, I'm the bag holder guy. Any other bag holders in the room? Come on. Well, Kaz is not. Kaz is the get out of my way, pushes the kids out of the way to get in the front seat. But she says to me every time, will you come with me? Will you come with me? Because she sits on her own and she says, it's fun, but it's great to do it together. I think because she loves seeing the fear in my face and watching me throw up afterwards. But she says, I lo-, you know, it's, it's different when you do it with someone. I remember that I took, um, Dennis is here, my, my son-in-law and my daughter and and our beautiful granddaughter, Eliana, is here today as well. We've got a few babies in the house. We've got a baby who's eight weeks old. Eliana is nine weeks old. Um, I'll, I'll get on to Walter in a moment because we're going to talk a little bit about a baby that we've been praying for for a while that's here this morning too, which I will talk about in a moment. But um, let, me, let me stay focused on where I am right now. Dennis, I took Dennis fishing. We're on holidays as a family. I took Dennis fishing for the first time. And Dennis caught his first fish on the Noosa River, where the Noosa River heads, heads out at the, at the end of Noosa, where it goes out into the, into the ocean. And he caught a barramundi, which apparently is really hard to catch anywhere, but particularly in the Noosa River. 
And I was going to put a photo up, but I didn't want to get him to get a big head, so I'm not showing it. But I kid you not, and this is not my fish, so it's not exaggeration. It was kind of this big. It was a big barramundi. And the fact that everyone said, oh, do you wish you caught it? I was like, no. For us to be able to do that together as a father and a son is, was something so beautiful and so powerful. And I'd been fishing years ago on my own. Uh, we went on a charter. Kaz allowed me to go on a charter fishing trip and, and got it for me for my birthday. And we were catching amazing fish, but there was no one to... You bring it in, you're like, yeah, oh, there's, there's no one I know to high five and celebrate with. Do you get it? When you achieve something together, there is something powerful, something important. And we need all of us together to do things right. I, I think about this sense of doing things together, and I think about a building site. We need all of the trades on the building site. You know, when you have a building site, we need the chippies and the plumbers and the electricians and the roofers to complete the house, and we need all of them are just as important as of each other. If you didn't have one of those, you would struggle. If you didn't have a plumber, it would be a very smelly house. If you didn't have a roofer, it would be a very wet house. We need everybody together. But when everybody comes together, there is something powerful about the finished product. I wanted to start for us to understand that because we hear that and we go, yeah, that's right, Murray, that's right. But how many of us in life step back from community? When things get tough, we step back. When challenges come, we step back. When pressures come, we step back. And we, we create a distance in community. This morning, I want us to look at what Jesus says about the power of community. You see, life is better when it's lived out together. Life is better together. You know, in several of the Apostle Paul's letters... He used the example of sharing life together in community like a human body. Like he, they, they, if you look through the scriptures, there is so much around where, where he, he took, looks at the human body and the, the connection that a body has, the arms, the, the ears, the nose, the eyes, the hands, the fingers, and talks about how important it is that every part of that body is functioning well together. It's not the separation, but it's the together thing. He talks about the fact that no one was born to be an island, that we all have a role to play in life when we come together as one. And if we don't, we don't operate as effectively. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 16, and I'm going to get to Acts, which is our main core text. But before I get there, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 16, which is a letter that Paul wrote to a church in Ephesus. He says, He, God, makes the whole body fit perfectly together. Each part does its own special work, and it helps the other parts to grow, so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. And he's using the example of the physical human body, but then he's, he transitions that or translates that across to the, the body of Christ, the church working together. See, church community, church life is the same. We are more effective when we do life together in community. And I've got to say, it's far more fun. So whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, whether you're a people person or you're not really a people person or more of a task person, this message is not, doesn't say, well, that's a, it says wherever you sit in the scheme of how you see yourself, every one of us is born, created, if you like, for community. We're created for community. So as we finish this or continue this unfinished series and working through the book of Acts, today what I want to do is consider the significant imp implications of how God is leading you and I today into lives where we do better at community. So let me pause 
when I say do better, one of the things that attracted Kaz and I to this church community, the first time we walked through the doors as we were praying about uh, the opportunity that was before us about coming and leading this church, the thing that stood out to us was this incredible sense of community. Incredible sense of community. Invitation, genuine welcome. Genuine sense of care for one another. So as I, as I bring this message, it's not like, come on guys, we've got to switch it over. It's more, how do we continue to embrace? It's almost a, a message of encouragement for what is, but more so, let's step into what's to come. So I want you to be encouraged as we share this, because some of what I'm going to say, you're going to say, I've experienced that at this place, and that's a, that's a good thing. But our main text today creates such an in- inspirational picture that I never want us as a church to lose the outworking of how God wants church to be. So the context of where I'm going to go in Acts chapter 2 is the Holy Spirit has, has fallen upon and empowered believers. People have come alive in their understanding of the things of Jesus and the way that God is calling them to live their lives. There's an, there's an empowering in the way that they're sharing their faith with others. There's an empowering in the way that they should be living. And that's come from the Holy Spirit. And Peter, one of, the, one of Jesus' followers, Jesus has now ascended into heaven, Peter, one of Jesus' followers, has been preaching to the crowd about the importance of people turning to God, about the importance of people turning away from their old life, turning away from the stuff that's held them back, turning away from sin. And as Peter preaches, people are being baptized. 300 people, sorry, 3,000 people are believing and being baptized and adding to the number of, adding to the church. And that's the context around what what Luke sort of reflects to us about the early church. He says this, he says in Acts chapter 2 and verse 42, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So as people, it went from sort of 20, 25, 30 to thousands really quickly. And it wasn't like everybody stood back and said, oh, I'm not sure. Everybody, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And they devoted themselves to fellowship. And they devoted themselves to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper. And they devoted themselves to prayer. And a deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miracles, miraculous signs and wonders. I wonder whether that's a because and. It's, it's kind of, it sits in. They were devoted. And as they were devoted, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit started ministering even more. And miraculous signs and wonders started to occur as this church community gathered together as this church community did life together as this church community devoted themselves to these things and all of the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had they sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need they worshiped together at the temple each day they met in homes for the lord's supper and shared meals together with great joy and generosity all the while praising god and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. What a wonderful sense of community. What a wonderful sense of commonality. What a wonderful sense of belonging. I don't read there, and, and, and the community worried about their own desires, and the community went after their own agendas. There's nothing about this. It's like, God, what are you saying? Let's come together. Let's do life together. Let's share the tough stuff. Let's celebrate the good stuff. Let's seek to share the good news with others. Let's do life together. In essence, if we understand what that was saying in the book of Acts, 
chapter 2, God teaches us three things. God teaches us to care for each other, to be there for each other, to care for one another, to be aware of needs, to not step back, but step in, to care for one another. God's teaching us to share with one another, to share life with one another. You know that old adage, a problem shared is a problem halved? That, actually, that, that adage actually continues. It says, a problem shared is a problem halved. A joy shared is a joy doubled. Don't you love that? That can only happen, the sharing can only happen when we're in community. As soon as we step back, we have no one to share with. That's why community is so important. One that we can care for each other. We can be there for one another. We can celebrate with one another. Two, that we can share life with each other. All of life, the good, the bad the troubled times, even if sharing is just being. Care, share, and bear. That we can bear each other's burdens. I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life when I've gone through the low of the lows. Just having someone sit with me, not have to have all the answers, just cry with me, put their arm around me, just be there. It's almost carrying me in those moments. Maybe you've had the chance of doing that with someone else. The privilege of sitting with someone. You know, when, when, when I'm sitting with a family who are grieving and knowing that I don't have to have all the answers, but knowing I can sit with them and just be with them and pray with them and help to carry the burden, help to share the burden, help to bear the burden with each other. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2 says, Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Do you get that? So fulfill the law of Christ. What does that mean? It means Jesus is saying part of how I want you to live your life, not just as here's a good idea, here's the desire I have for you, here's the direction I'm giving you, is bear, for, bear one another's burdens. We don't get that. We go, oh, well, you know, hope they're okay. Hope you're okay. Rather than going, you know, not imposing, not imposing. I had a conversation with someone just week, this week and I said, I don't want to impose on you, but I'm here for you. We are here for you. We won't impose, but we are here. We're ready to carry this with you. We're ready to journey this with you. See, the hallmark of how you live your life in Christ is around caring and sharing and bearing. So when we think about community, it's simply thinking about those three words. How do I bring care, share, and bear? And how do I receive care, share, and bear? Because some of us are really good at being able to do those things. But sometimes it's like, can we just catch up? I just, I just need an ear. I don't even know what to say. But can, can, we, can we just do this life together? Can you help? I don't, know, I don't know what to say. I don't know what it looks like. But can you help? And this is built around trust. So I'm not saying you just grab anyone at any time. Community is built around trust. Safe places. Some of us have been burned over the years. But can I say, we are desire, our desire as a church is to be a safe place for you. So let me, give you, let me just pause now and give you an example of what it looks like when we're not in that space. When, when isolation is forced upon you. COVID quarantine. Kaz and I, a couple of years ago, in the midst of COVID living up here, many of you know, my, my dad passed away um, really suddenly. And, um, and so we went, went down really quickly. Um, Brookie was amazing. She organised all our flights. We went down really quickly to be with mum and my sister and, and then um, 
to, to help to organise um, the funeral and, and I officiated Dad's funeral and then we came back and we knew going down there because of the way that the law was at the time so I, I would need to be we would need to go into quarantine isolation two weeks and it's like well we don't want to do that but we know we have to and even though it was the two of us together and we love one another dearly we actually did okay didn't we yeah I didn't feel like jumping out of the window once it was not that I could because it was locked <laughs> COVID we couldn't even get fresh air in the room but anyway that's another story for, for the health system of Queensland but anyway we were isolated for two weeks we could not get out of the room for two weeks locked in that room for two weeks not able to see not, the only thing we could do is FaceTime I think I actually even preached a message that was recorded and, uh, here you know, but, but we were in the room the whole time isolation is awful even if you're with the one that you love the most when you're isolated from, from being in interaction with people it is awful it's cold it's withdrawn you're withdrawn you know, I heard about some people in isolation, not, not that they're in quarantine, but when you're isolated to your homes, there were people who were so needed to connect with people, they'd sit out, grab their chairs, sit out at their front um, nature strip, and then somebody would be in the nature strip, and, and they'd have glasses of wine talking to one another, two metres, and they were doing community in their little courtways, upholding the laws, but just being able to be in each other's worlds. I'm not sure what you did, but this hotel quarantine was so isolated so individual then this wonderful community called Highlands Highfield stepped in and all of a sudden we were getting phone calls and we were getting text messages and then this knock at the door there were the, 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 the ninja door knockers because they didn't want to, they, they, we couldn't see anyone so even people bringing you food would bring you food in a paper bag put it at your front door knock and run I actually had a bit of a game I tried to catch him I'm thinking dinner's about 6 o'clock I'd stand in the door as soon as the <laughs> masks and all that. anyway there's a knock at the door at midday and here's this box of all these goodies chocolates good coffee coffee cup Lizzie, Liz and Joe got, got me a really nice coffee cup so I didn't have which I still have and still use so I didn't have to um, that we didn't have to sort of use our paper cups but packs just of different things that people were sending through funny things some of our friends gave us, I'm not sure what they were thinking we're going to do, dress-ups? Seriously? You guys, what the heck? We had wigs and all sorts. I'll show you a photo one day. Thinking, what are they thinking we're going to get up to? Anyways, keep it, let's keep it PG. But, um, but, you know, this sense of community that lifted our spirit because we knew people were thinking about us. The encouraging words and texts that we got come out of COVID now let's just think about what happens how we act as a community I know again I know this because our family experienced it but Brookie and Dennis having little Eliana eight nine weeks ago and when the baby came along oh my goodness the number of notes and messages and meals and cards and gifts and what is it four O and triple O and double O just things that people would that's clothing sizes for the men in the room that don't understand just the opportunity or you know the other things that we do in this community where we offer to pick up our friends who we know work we offer to pick up from school or we offer to do lawns when people are sick or not well or we step in when there's when there's opportunity where people have made commitments and things happen you just step in and help out or when you're sitting with someone in grief or we've had people in this church come along and just 
their, their chooks are laying eggs, so they come along with a whole bunch of eggs. I'm not going to point them out because you're going to go looking for them. Um, or others come with, you know, they, they have fruit trees, and there's a, you just see this sense of just generosity that pours out. Or generosity where we hear a need and we see a need and we hear about a need in kids and we go, you know what, I don't know that I'm a leader, but if there is a need in kids, I'll help. I'll go on a roster once a month. I'll help out. Hey, we're doing setup. We set up church from scratch. We take a school into which, hey, I'll help. I'll, I'll step in. I'll go on a roster. I'll help out where I can. This sense of generosity, this sense of community is quite beautiful here. It's quite beautiful. As I say that, what I want you to do is be seeking God about God. What are you saying to me? about my sense of giving and receiving, caring, sharing and bearing, this way and this way in my life. See, it doesn't have to be complicated or expensive. If you read those, it was just responding to God. You see, in a healthy environment, everybody does something. None of us go, oh, I'm just, I'm the, I'm the spectator here. Now, if you're checking church out, if this isn't your church community, if this is home, you're just checking. A, this is a safe place. It's a safe place to, to come and check church out, check God out, check Jesus out, dip your, dip your toe in the water of faith. That's awesome. But I also want to say, unapologetically, we love doing community here. So if this is going to be home for you, we would love you to join a small group beyond the Sunday. We would love for you to, to connect with people, invite people around, or you could go to people. Not all the time. We're not talking about being in each other's worlds the whole time but engaging in community. You see, church was not born for spectators, born for players who enter into the game. You and I, we're called to be part of this amazing thing called the church. Jesus said it this way in John 13, 35. He said, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now, how many know love is an action? Oh, I love you. Oh, I love you very much. Now, I can say that to Kaz a hundred times. And she loves hearing me tell her how much I love her. And I say it so often. <laughs> we should say, I probably should say it more often. But if it was only words, then where's the action in that? But if, if, if it's the way you love one another, love is action. And we live that love out in so many different ways. Let's go the other way. I believe the reason the church is so powerless in the world today, I'm talking big C church now. What, but Murray, why is, why is the church lost its passion? Why has the church lost its power? What is it about the fact that churches aren't growing right now? I believe one of the big reasons the church is fragmented and it's broken is because we've come away from community and we've come back to self. come back to self, me. This is what I want. It's what I expect. This is what I want from my church. I want three worship songs. They need to be songs I know. They shouldn't be from this church and this church. They should only be from this church. I want the message to, to, to be hard-hitting and biblical, but I don't, I don't want it to be too emotional. I don't want it to hit my heart too hard. I don't want to go too long. But if I'm going to be coming on a Sunday, I want it to be long enough that there's something in it. I want the kids' ministry to be amazing. I want my kids to be brought up in an environment where they learn all about Jesus and I just come behind and do that. And all of a sudden, we've got these lists of things because it becomes all about me. Now, there's nothing wrong with having an expectation in community as long as we're prepared to step into that expectation. 
That's what true community is about, isn't it? Think about the other places outside of church where you've been and there's been this amazing sense of community. Maybe it's a sporting club. Maybe it's a, a group of people that you've been around. And there's just, you just can't wait to get amongst it. I know some of your small groups are like that. We, we, Kaz and I started to visit a couple of small groups and then some things happened that we had to step back and we're about to start going and visiting small groups again. And you know, I, I can't, We can't wait to, to, to go. I've said to the Ellingsons, we're coming out. We want to come and, and see your group because we just want to get to know them and know that community and know that small group community a little bit better because we want to be in each other's worlds. Now, there's only a certain amount of, that we can be in, but that small group's in each other's worlds, serving one another, caring for one another. That's church in action. And there's other small groups. And that's why we have 34 now small groups in this, in this church because we want to create opportunities for you to connect on a, on a deeper level with a small group of people. See, when we step out of community, we estrange ourselves from each other. And the Apostle Paul actually talks about the fact that when we step back from community, he actually talks about what it does to the Holy Spirit. Ever heard about the Holy Spirit grieving? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So we're talking about the, 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 the God context here. We're talking about God in this context, God in us. And the Holy Spirit grieves when we step out of community. Listen, listen to this. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 31. Apostle Paul says this. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And then he lists the things that grieve him. Get rid of bitterness. Get rid of rage and anger and brawling and slander along with every other form of malice. In other words, get rid of the things that pull you away from doing life closely together. And then he says, be kind and compassionate to one another. So he says, get rid of the things that do this and start to do things that do this. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Here's a reminder, he says. This is how community needs to be. Why? Because that's what Jesus did for us. He created that way. See, if community is not happening, the Spirit of God is grieving. And when God is grieving, when God is grieving, His power doesn't move through the life of the church. There's no life. The church becomes dull, it becomes sterile, it becomes mediocre, it becomes dead. So how do we grieve the Holy Spirit? When we step back and we start to think about self. And we don't engage in community. We don't engage in forgiveness. That's what's important. We need to step into that space and that place. It's God's plan. It's God's plan for us to do life, if I come back to where I started, as a body. See, God has designed his life to be manifest through a body. Let me say that again. God has designed his life to be manifest, outworked as a body. Think about it. God sent Jesus. God sent Jesus that his life would be manifest through Jesus that we might know him. And then when Jesus went, he created the church, which is known as what? The body. God, Jesus, the body. God, through the Holy Spirit, the church, becomes the body. The church is referred to as the body of Christ. And if the body's not operating as a body, then life, true life, the life that God's calling us to live, a life that is abundant life, we don't get to experience that the way God wants us to. Yeah, the church is powerful when it's united. So powerful. So if you've got something against someone, if someone's hurt you or someone hurts you, how powerful is it when we go to them and say, hey, can we catch up? 
Can we not let this fester? Can we catch up? Can we work this through? Can we, can we find a safe place? Can we find a place to reconcile, to move forward? Power in that. These Acts 2 communities of faith were marked by their unity and their generosity and their joy. Why? Because they cared and they shared and they bared. Just like when we step into a relationship with Jesus, we need to also step into a relationship in community. That's why God says, engage with other Christians. Gather together, grow together, share with one another. What did they do? They devoted to the apostles' teachings. They came together to hear the word of God preached. They devoted to fellowship. They devoted to community with each other. Don't stop meeting together. Jesus said. They came together to care for one another, pastoral care. People say, oh, pastoral care, that's what the pastors do. No, no, no. We care for one another in this church. Now, pastors do step out into situations and circumstances, but as a church community, we care for one another because we're devoted to fellowship. The response is, what can I do? Not someone else will fix that problem. They devoted to sharing meals together, doing life together, breaking bread together. And one of the things I loved about this church when we first started was the amount of people inviting people back for lunch or for dinner, just connecting in. You know, the first Sunday of every month, we've got a family in this church, um, Kathy and Terry King, who open up their, their farm and just say, come back for lunch. Now, as we grow, I don't know how that's going to be able to be sustained, but there's just the heart. There's a heart for community. Beautiful heart for community. It says, come back. What would it look like if we grabbed that heart and we continue to multiply that? We would see more and more gather together in each other's homes, sharing meals together, open tables, open tables. They devoted to praying for one another, powerful God moments when we gather together in prayer. I mentioned before that Sam and Danielle, Pastor God, have brought Walter along this morning. We've been praying for Walter passionately, passionately praying for him. And he's here this morning and God's doing a healing work on his life. A healing work in his life. And what I think is so beautiful is this couple have just said, we want to trust in God. This is hard. We don't know what's going on. And they just kept saying to us, would you pray? Would you pray? And this church community here at Highfields in the Middle Ridge community have been standing together, shoulder to shoulder, saying, God, would you come? Would you bless this beautiful baby? Would you bring healing? Would you bring wholeness? And this morning they're here celebrating what God is doing in the life of Walter. What he will continue to do. That's what happens when we gather together. Not isolated, going, oh no, I've got, I've got to go through this alone. But shoulder to shoulder in prayer. Some people have been praying for water and you've never met him, you've never even met this beautiful couple, this beautiful family. But we've stood shoulder to shoulder in prayer. That's what community is really all about. And that's when we see miraculous signs and wonders where we get to pray for people and God starts to do a work. I'm believing for healing. Backs starting to feel a bit better. We're going to see them completely heal and whole. Mental health issues. We've been praying and praying and we're seeing the broken made whole as we're gathering together. And they meet, in each, meet together in one, uh, with one another in one place, sharing with one another, generosity. Ez talked about how generous this church is. Beautiful heart of generosity that we want to see continue, that we give because we know God's going to use it to advance his kingdom. We give because we know God's going to continue to, to move, to resource our youth ministry and resource our kids ministry and see God come alive because it's not about me and what I think but it's about God what's your teachings I'm going to step into that I'm going to step into community I'm bringing an emphasis around this they worship together 
at the temple daily, together, come together, enjoying the goodwill of people. Not gossip, not negativity. That's what the world will bring. That's what you'll get Monday through Saturday, apart from in our small groups, apart from when we gather together. But we get to come and we get to bring life, the goodwill. And then as we bring that, we take that out into the streets and where the negativity comes, we go, no, I am charged up because of the goodwill that I experience in community, that I'm ready to go and I'm, I'm ready to speak life where there's darkness. I'm ready to take light where there's darkness. I'm ready to come and make a difference in my words and my actions. Why? Not just because I come and I worship and I hear a message preached on a Sunday, because of the community that is around me, praying with me, praying for me, supporting me, that I know I'm not alone. I might feel alone as I'm picking up my child and I'm leaning on the fence at, at, uh, at school and I start this conversation with this other mum. I might feel like, oh, but I know that I've got a church family who are supporting me and praying for me and are there with me and are for me, not against me. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 9, this passage gets used so often, so often at weddings and we say, oh, this is a great, a great passage for, for married couples and it is. If you're married this morning, wherever your marriage is at, I want you to think and, and allow this verse to, to wash over you. But it's more than just for marriages. This passage is about community. It's about church. It's about life. Two are better than one. Because if we have a good return for their labor, because they have a good return for their labor, if either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Pity those who's on their own, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Even one other is enough to help. Also, if two lie down together, they'll keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. And then a cord of three strands is not easily broken. Some of you might struggle to be in community. Some of you might struggle to be around people. I've got to say to you, God made us for community. He calls us to come together. And when he's at the center, sure, there'll be some tough things. You'll have some disagreements. It's not all perfect. But there is something powerful about doing life together. And I want to encourage you as a church, we do this well, but don't step back from it. Step into small group. Step into serving. Step into other places where others are that you can just encourage one another. Be ready to send a message. So many messages I send backwards and forwards where I'll have a mate of mine from this church, even from down in Melbourne, and they'll send me just a, a, the, the prayer emoji. You've seen the prayer emoji? They'll just send me that. I don't need to know anymore. God, you know the situation. God, would you just bless Glenn right now? Whatever's going on in his world, Lord God, I want to stand together with him in this. We stand shoulder to shoulder, Father God. Bless him, encourage him, help me to know how to walk with him in Jesus' name. Simply a text message. Hey, mate, can you pray for me? Hey, let's catch up for a coffee. Whatever that might look like, it's doing life together. My daughter, Brooke, said to me this week as I was um, on Thursday when I was talking to her about this concept of what I was going to be preaching about, she said, it's almost like, Dad, we're supposed to be a bucket and a sponge. I love her creativity. And I said, what do you mean, though? She said, well, God wants us to be a bucket that we're prepared to pour out, care, share, and bear. 
We're to pour it out onto others. We're to share and we're to care for them and we're to bear people's burdens like a bucket does. But she said, but at the same time, we've got to be a sponge. We're prepared to soak up in community the caring of others and the sharing of others and the generosity of others and the bearing of others where they will bear our burdens with us. Some of us this morning, you need to hear that. Some of us are are really good at this, but you're not good at this. We need to be buckets and we need to be sponges. See, community is both. And if we're only one, then we bring an unhealthy aspect to the life in community. So where are you? How are you doing at giving care? How are you doing at sharing life? How are you doing at being prepared to bear a burden? And when we say bear a burden, it's not take it on board and carry it. It's allowing someone to share with you and then you praying with them and giving that burden to Jesus. So bearing a burden isn't, I've got to take the weight of this. God says, we don't have to do that. He says, lay your burdens onto me. So our role of sharing the burden is laying it at the foot of Jesus together. How are you doing at that? And how good are you at actually allowing people to care for you, to share with you, to bear your burdens? That's the beauty of our God. Our beautiful God knows exactly what we need. He's leading us into that space. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you so much that you've led us to be an Acts 2 community. Help Highlands Church to express devotion to you together. Help us to be a church that cares about one another. Help us to be a church that shares with one another. Help us to be a church that bears each other's burdens together. Open our hearts towards one another and towards you, Father God. Break down and melt any resistance that we might build up towards one another, against one another. Make us of one heart and of one mind. Help us to be generous in giving. Help us to be keen to participate in life together in any way that we can advance your kingdom. Thank you, Lord, for the warmth of your spirit, for your power, and for your grace that is available for all of us. And Jesus died for us. It is available through a sense of community. We are one in you. You know, and as we're in this moment of prayer right now, you might be here this morning and you're hearing us talk about the power of Jesus and what Jesus has created for us with, with the church. I wonder whether in that space you might be thinking, you know what, I've never, I've never actually thought about having a personal relationship with Jesus. As a community, there is nothing better. We celebrate so hard, so strong when people make a decision to ask Jesus into their lives. So I'm not sure where you're at. Maybe you've made a decision for Jesus a long time ago. Maybe it's maybe it was just recently. Maybe you never have. If you've never asked Jesus into your life, or maybe you've walked away from him, this morning, you've got a church right now who are praying. You've got Christians right now saying, praying for you, that you might say yes to Jesus. So if you've never done this before, or maybe you did a long time ago, and you've faded away and it's time to come back, I would love the privilege praying for you in this moment. You don't even need to pray this prayer yet. You may go home and pray it, but I would love to pray for you. So if that's you, so that I know who I'm praying for, would you just raise your hand? Just raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for. You know, that's me, Murray. 
I, I want Jesus. I want to experience this Jesus that you're talking about. Awesome. See that hand. That's fantastic. Fantastic. That's great. We've got someone here saying, you know what? I need Jesus. I want to be part of God's kingdom. Is there anyone else before I pray? Jesus, come into my heart. Jesus, I need you. I need you to lead me, and guide me, and direct me. Now let's just pray together. As, as we pray with this guy who's put his hand up and said, I accept, I want to accept Jesus. Let's just pray and gather our prayers together. Dear God, come into my life. Just pray this prayer. Just come into my life. Forgive me, Jesus, for ignoring you so far. Lead me now. Direct me. Help me to be the person you've made me to be. Be Lord of my life. You are my saviour. And I thank you that you've created me for community. In Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening to the Highlands Highfields Message Podcast. We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose and to make a difference. If you feel moved by today's message and want to connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at highlands.highfields on Facebook or Instagram or head to highlandschurch.org.au for more resources and information. Be sure to follow the Highlands Highfields message podcast on your preferred platform to stay up to date with our latest message. We hope to see you in person soon.